Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It is a Thursday night. We've got uh, two special people sitting on the couch. Two special people. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Amanda, and we've got some repeat guests sitting here. For those of you who are serial listeners of our podcast, which I hope it's all of you, you may remember a duo that came in for the only student edition of the Emperor professional hour, Mel and Rico, and they are back. And they're here to talk about what they're doing now since that episode came out. And uh, I was just telling them off mic that uh, their their jig is up. Every single person that listened to it knew exactly who you guys <laughs> were. I don't think yeah. every single person, but there was there was a small handful of people that, that knew who you guys were. Yeah. You, your episode got tons of plays. Yes. Tons. So, so popular. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of student listeners, which is probably why. Yeah. Um, sure. So anyway, now you guys are not students. You are colleagues officially. So we're going to do, a, I guess, a follow up of what's going on now. So thanks for coming back all the way from where you're from because we're not, we're not telling, right? <laughs> thanks for having us this is nice it feels so weird not to call ourselves students anymore like in school they always tell you you can't address yourself as a massage therapist so now finally like getting to say it it feels so good uh both of us just got our results literally last week so we've been on cloud nine ever since amazing very happy technically not rmts yet still waiting for the license to to come and stuff Stupid so, police check but yeah just waiting on a police check to come through and then send in the application and then just waiting game from there. So I don't remember the last time you guys were here. How long was it that you guys were into the program? Like how long did you have left? Oh, we were they we had already just graduated finished. at that yeah. time. Oh, yeah. they finished. Yeah, they okay. had yeah. just finished and they were they actually originally reached out to us because they wanted us to do an episode for students preparing for the Oscars. And yeah. we're like, Yeah, we don't really idea. know how to run that because yeah. we can't really talk <laughs> about the exam. So then we yeah. just ended up coming and doing our own one of that version this was like pre oski and mcq at that time we hadn't done any of them yet so how was it then give us an idea of what you guys thought of the licensing exam without obviously going into details about your exam but was it what you thought it was going to be was it easier was it more difficult what, what was the deal there i'll let rico go first uh, well the the oski was easier than i thought what about it was easier um, like, what did you think it was going to be like it was i just felt very like well prepared okay i, I feel like um yeah, I just felt very confident in the moment and I felt very well prepared and I felt ready for it. Yeah, um, yeah I felt I felt like it went very well. Were you um, nervous at all while you were doing it? Well, I, I was like pre-OSCE, I was um, pretty calm actually. Uh, a little bit nervous because that's normal, but like pretty calm. And then going through it, um, like as I was doing it, I started to get more nervous and more nervous just because like the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh my God, this is like, I'm at the CMTO and I'm doing an OSCE right now. Like This I'm, is happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like doing it and I'm not at school. Um, you know, it's different people that are around me. And it was just very nerve wracking because of that. I feel like you need like a strong mind going through it. Yeah. Um, but everybody at the CMTO was like really nice and very welcoming and they were like cracking jokes sometimes. And yeah, it was, it was just a very like self thing. Like you, you kind of have to have like a strong mind in yourself. Like, yeah. 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 So but, you felt you felt prepared though. Absolutely. Yeah. You felt your school did a good job preparing you or you did that yourself? Um I feel like it's a combination of both, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I feel like my school prepared me well and I feel like I prepared myself well too. Nice, nice. Before Mel answers, um earlier today we recorded a podcast and I asked our guest a question and before she got to answer, Mark was like, I wanna guess. And I feel the same. I want to play this game. Just from our last conversation and from what I've known about you, I imagine that you were super nervous. I don't know why. Yeah. You you had this <laughs> vibe about you the last time that you were like, oh, I don't know. And you're a perfectionist. I remember that. Yeah. So how were you going in? Were you freaking out or did you suddenly have this zen come over you? Actually, I was quite calm. Um, I will say, though, like in September, it was still vacation mode, just enjoying not being in school. The second October hit, I was like, shit hit the fan because it was like oh no the countdown's on i have like less than a month now and you should have seen my basement it was 
atrocious because I had textbooks all over the floor. I had a whiteboard that literally said operation, make the Oski my prison bitch because I had had a list of to-do lists of uh, things I wanted to study and like fake OP situations and stuff because I was like, I was going in with a vengeance. Um, But what I did a lot to calm myself down was try not to get too consumed with the job interviews and stuff because even though we weren't finished school I can't speak on behalf of all of my classmates but a lot of people were trying to reach out to us about job interviews and possible prospects for different clinics and I said I don't even want to put that in my head because should I go into my OSCE or my MCQ god forbid something happens and I fail there is obviously a loss of a possible job opportunity and then I'm just going to have to live with that guilt so I was just focused on taking one thing at a time and I definitely felt very prepared. I feel like going into the OSCE, I actually was not nervous whatsoever. I think maybe it could have been just the melatonin pill that I took the night before so I wouldn't have stress dreams or anything. (laughs) Um, But I felt very good because every day I was studying and, you know, kind of just scheduling what I wanted to do, my goals for the day. So it didn't feel like so much of trying to get so many things done like the week or so prior and feel like I was just cramming. So I just kind of paced myself so I didn't feel as nervous. Any students that are listening, take note. This is this is how you want to be. You want to be so prepared that you're walking in there that knowing that you know your shit, right? Like you mm -hmm. you just have to put in the hours. Don't cram. Cramming is the worst thing. You know what I mean? You got to put in the hours and focused hours, not stressful hours. And yeah, to a point where you're going in, it's like, like almost easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys study together? I know you were study partners while you were in school, but you don't really live super close. So did you, you study together? We would converse over uh, Facebook Messenger a lot, like just like random questions like, hey, what do you think of this? Well, what do Mm -hmm. you think of that? And that was basically the extent of our group studying anyways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, super helpful. Like you got to have a network of friends and stuff that are like, you know, as committed as you and keep, keep in touch. Mm-hmm. To, to do it. Did you guys do your OSCE the same time? Yes, yep. we did. We got an Airbnb in uh, Toronto. Oh, nice. Uh, a small group of us. Um, so we went um, the night before, like the day before. And um, my girlfriend was kind enough to like make food for us and stuff while we all studied together. And She's a saint, man. Oh, Last yeah. time you guys were here, she drove you all <laughs> yep. the way here yeah, and just yeah. sat here mm-hmm. while you did the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She would be here now, but she was at work by the time I left. Mm. So but yeah. So yeah, we studied together and a whole, whole little group of us. And uh, there was three of us that went together and then um, Mel here went before us. So she, she was like the victim first. I'm, She's the one that I'm always the victim. Because, like, when we got the Airbnb, the way the room was set up was that we uh, had rented out the main floor. But the thing is that the living quarters also had a bed that was very close to the door. And the door did not properly lock. So everyone had made a collective agreement that should someone break into the Airbnb, they would sacrifice me first. And one of those people happened to be H, who is the same person who gave me the dick jar. So she went with us. And that was her idea. Oh, boy. You need new friends. Um, I have a question for you then. So you guys went in feeling good. The exam was easier than you expected. Actually, we didn't ask you, Mel. Was Did it feel easier than you expected it to be? I'm not going to lie. It honestly felt like super easy that when I came out of it, I was like, that's it? And I think the scariest part for me, honestly, was the buzzer because no one told me it was going to be a hockey buzzer. So literally every time <laughs> the proctor kept hitting that little sound box I would literally jump or squeal every time (laughs) and even for the two minute warning because it's just like a I would like jump and even some of the bodies that I had would like jump with me and it's like gets us every time (laughs) so that was honestly the worst part of the exam I feel like going into the MCQ I did feel a a little bit more nervous just because Again, like Mark had mentioned before, you can't really study for the MCQ, even though I still did. But it's just more so um, trying to feel as if you try to cover as much material as possible within Mm -hmm. your time in school. Um, I felt like there is definitely a lot more gray, especially with those 20 questions that don't count. Mm -hmm. And um, I just really had to go into it just saying like, hey, I know what I know. Don't get 
so absorbed in thinking of all the things that you should have studied because you just have to live in the moment. The uh, MCQ had a very final boss feel to it for it me. It did. I had a, like, had a, a very wet. Too. Sorry, uh, I missed uh, that. Like, like it, you know, when you're playing a video game and then like you're you get to the end of the game. I'm going to stop then... you right there. No, I don't know <laughs> what it's like when you're playing a video game. <laughs> so, yeah, so like in games, there's usually a final boss to like beat the whole game, right? Mm. And the MCQ was the final boss for me because I uh, we didn't get our results for Oski yet. But I felt like I probably passed the Oski uh, at that point. So I was like, this is it. F final boss. Final boss. <laughs> do you see how people fail that? Or are you guys, now that you've finished it, you're like, how the fuck do people even fail it? I can understand why people would fail the Oski because it's really just a nerve situation. Mm -hmm. If you can't get that under control, then obviously that's just... Yeah, personal mind thing, yeah, that's, I think. That's kind of you just um, really not... Uh, controlling yourself and I think there's ways to kind of prepare yourself for it like my strategy was that at least my goal for every week was that I would try to get some of my classmates together I'm an only child and I actually forgot to mention this on the last podcast I had a life-size Dora stuffy from my childhood that I would use to practice on <laughs> because I didn't have anybody who uh, to practice on especially when it came to doing treatments because it would be hard and it would always feel rushed why do you have a life-size Dora stuffy it was from when I was five years old and it just happens to be she is young enough that Dora was popular when she was five. I'm going to leave now. It hurts my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Our children watch Dora. <laughs> no comment. Um, but I would try to get classmates in all the time to have a real body with someone giving me feedback all the time. And we would make fake situations all the time with buzzers and everything entering rooms to make it feel like it was an OSCE. So by the time I would get to the real thing, it just felt like second nature. It didn't phase me. Mm -hmm. I could see how people could fail an MCQ if they're not like enveloping themselves in the material all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, because some of the questions are very specific. And if it's not material that you know very well, then yeah, definitely the detractors can throw you off. Mm -hmm. And I, I mentioned this on a podcast recently that some people are just really not good at taking multiple choice tests. It's the people that always second guess themselves and go back and think, oh, maybe it's this. Maybe they're trying to trick me, you know, just really overthinking it. Yeah. And then there's some people that like just, just fail. Yeah, it's just one of those things that like you'll probably get it on the second try if like you just failed. Like it's not like you don't know. You know what I mean? Just got to keep doing it. What about the rest of your class? How, how did they do? So far, we've only been hearing good things. Well, that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. Um, the day that I got my results, which was actually last Tuesday, my phone just like exploded. Everyone was just texting like, check your emails. And <laughs> it was just like Facebook messages like all over the place. And everyone posting on Instagram saying like, I officially passed. So as I know now, like there, I don't think there really is many people who've failed or have talked about it with us. I think majority of us have passed so far. Yeah, I think nice. great majority of people have passed yeah. both. Yeah, right on. So this is what I want to know. And I started to ask. You walked in feeling good. The exam seemed easier than you expected it to be. How did you feel when you left? Were you replaying things in your head? Did you suddenly start to question yourself? Did you get nervous? Or did you walk out feeling like, yeah, I owned that shit? I was 100% um, focused on everything that I was. I did wrong, like just nitpicking. I feel like that's inevitable and natural. I was nitpicking everything that I didn't like and just replaying that in your head over and over and over for weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's just absolutely torture. Like it's just torture. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> tortured myself. I went yeah. home and cried, like <laughs> just literally <laughs> sobbing like a baby because I, there was one station and I, again, we don't go into specifics, but uh, an assessment station. I knew exactly where I fucked up. I knew exactly what my mistakes were. And I just kept telling him like, I should have done this and I did this. And I was just like, I was so upset with myself. And he kept saying to me, that's one thing. That's one mistake. You did seven states. But I couldn't stop obsessing about it yeah, yeah. because I knew in the moment that I fucked up and then I walked out of there and I just, I literally went home and just cried. Like, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I mean, obviously I passed. Here I am. But... I cried for like two days. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. You cried too? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I felt like uh, um, just really scared. Like overall, I always came back to the fact is like it, that would have been a pass for my school, I feel like. So it, it's got to be a pass for the CMTO. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, definitely nitpicking every, every little mm -hmm. thing that I did or didn't do or said or didn't say and stuff and ended up being okay though. Yeah, for sure. Until like the card ride back because like I was... 
um, getting a ride from him back home. And I remember that he was very much nitpicky with himself and saying like, oh gosh, like what if this happened? Or like, um, maybe I said the wrong thing. And I just said, and even the, it's weird from me, especially, I feel like the, the roles were reversed yeah, because yeah. yeah. usually it's me the one that's like panicking ripping my hair out and just stressing but this time it was like me trying to calm me down it's like everything's <laughs> gonna pee up, be okay like what's done is done you can't change it just go home relax and then we'll yeah. wait for the mcq because it's the end like i mean yeah. Yeah, this is the last thing do. to do you can't yeah, do anything yeah. about it at this at this time does it fuck with your because you guys were prepared you felt prepared does it fuck with your minds when you're there with other people that are going to do the exam and they're just fucking nervous as shit yes and then I'm like, don't talk to me. And I actually made a playlist that said good feels for the Oski and the MCQ. And it was like my favorite pump up song. So literally. Like what? Like what? What's this? What song number yeah, three? I know. What's number three on that um, list? Step Your Game Up by Snoop Dogg. Mm. Nice. <laughs> and what's the last song on that list? If you remember. Um, I think the last song on that playlist was Never Gonna Give You Up. Ah, Rick Astley. Yes? No? Or yeah. wait, am I just dating myself? And no, this? yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> you are dating yourself, but you were right. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but, but I had like a bunch. I was like good feels only, just like uh, trying to make myself like happy and just positive thoughts going in. I was like, nope, there's nothing that's going to get in my way from like doing my best. Again, I was just like, I had like a monologue. It was like a montage from like Rocky in my head when I was going into that <laughs> building. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm laughing so much because I said that I thought that Mel would be going in all stressed out and whatever. This is actually the only other alternative. Like Rico just always seems very even, very yeah, calm. Yeah. His very name's chill. fucking Rico, His of course. Rico. <laughs> so much personal growth. <laughs> and the last time she was here, I remember you were talking about the fact that you're a perfectionist and you have to study and you have to. And so I, yeah, you were either going to be a nervous wreck or like, come on, let's do this. <laughs> I think being a nervous wreck in those moments, it's, it's, there's no point. I it mean, doesn't absolutely. Serve you. Yeah. That's what they said is absolutely correct. I think majority of people that I've ever met that have failed the OSCE, it's not because they didn't know what they were doing. It's because well, I've, their I've, nerves whoa, got in the way. I've met some people that didn't fucking know what they were doing. Okay, there's some, but I know that a lot of the people that failed, it was nerves. I remember my one teacher telling me, uh, like after we graduated, then I went back in to like have a meeting with them to like talk about uh, stuff. And he said, you just got to be comfortable being uncomfortable when it comes down to it, right? Because it's going to be, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be uncomfortable. You just have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And so like, I, yeah, I just tried to like put myself in awkward situations, like in life and stuff. And so wait, you imagined yourself in awkward situations no. or you played back to when you were in awkward situations? No, no, no. Like, like I tried to put myself in different, difficult situations and stuff. Yeah, For example, so like uh, at work, uh, when I'm like doing the cash register and stuff at like the pizza place that I work at. And you're stealing money and you're worried about someone's going to see you. <laughs> <laughs> if there's like a confrontational customer or like uh, a regular walks in and everyone's like, oh my God, there's that person again. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll go, I'll go deal with them I'll go, wait till, I'll go wait till you start treating and you got those people <laughs> <laughs> and yeah just trying to put yourself out of your comfort zone as like training yeah for sure that's cool yeah. i did that today by the way and i'm so proud of myself anyone who listens has heard me say numerous times on the podcast that i'm very passive i don't like confrontation i don't like fighting with people i'm the person that if someone does something that's like you know not over the top bad but if someone does something that's maybe um upsets me a little bit Nine times out of 10, I will probably do nothing. Be like, okay, whatever. Like, fuck them, but whatever. So today, uh, this is so silly, but I was literally proud of myself. I came back to the car and I was like, guess what I did? So we were going for lunch and- Fucking we, asshole. Yeah. I think Lexus drivers are all assholes. Hey, you're stealing my, stealing my shit. Sorry, sorry. I'm the one that came up with that theory. That's true. Ooh, <laughs> anyone who drives a Lexus, I'm really sorry. I automatically like you a little less because I, anytime I have a problem on the road, the other driver is driving a Lexus. Just I saying. feel like any driver in Toronto is like a scary driver. It's so different. That's true. That's <laughs> true. But today we went for lunch and we were patiently waiting for a parking spot because somebody was leaving. And just as the person left, this Lexus swooped in and took our spot. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So 
I got out of the car because there was no other place to park. So I said to Mark, okay, I'll jump out. I'll go get the food. You drive around and come back and pick me up. So I get out of the car. I go inside. I cut right in front of them in the line in the restaurant. And I was like, you you swiped my spot. I'm going to go before you. Thank you. Nice. And they both apologized to me. And I was like, oh, my God. What I stood up for myself done? for the first time ever in Good life. <laughs> yes, queen. Maybe they won't do it to somebody else. What sense. would you have done if he, if they like turned around like, fuck off. Get out I of here. I honestly don't know. But I was just so, I was like, why? You know, like, why do people have to be such dicks? I just walked in and I said, I'm going to go in front of you because you guys just snaked my parking spot. And Good job. Good job. actually, both of them apologized. And I was like, oh, OK. I'm like, OK, I guess we're even now. <laughs> and then I got a free sandwich. <laughs> Why'd you get a free sandwich? Oh, it I just happened to have a coupon in my bag uh, and for like a buy one get one free and then after I pulled out the coupon, I realized I had a gift card, so I paid zero dollars. So it wasn't really free, but it felt free. Nice. Yeah. Overall it was a really good day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that. Um being comfortable being uncomfortable yeah yeah i think everything i do in life now like even doing this podcast i was terrified of public speaking when i was younger i did it all the time i would do debates and things but i was the person that would be standing in front of a room speaking and shaking and i would break out in hives and now for a living i stand in front of students and teach and <laughs> podcast it's very bizarre that's good that's like awesome though because i feel like um i could definitely relate to the whole passiveness as well like it takes a long time because even though i may not sound like it and for any of my classmates who may be listening like i was never this talkative and in class they know me as the person who participates a lot always ask questions but uh when i was in high school i was very much a quiet person i think it also had to do a lot with my environment um i went to a very academic high school and like I had mentioned before, um, if you had listened to the previous podcast, I'm definitely not a math person. And for the longest time, I always had very bad math teachers who really, actually a lot of them put me down. One, I remember in grade nine said like, you don't deserve to go to college and you like are wasting my time. Just Google this. I don't have time for you. And I was always in an environment, people just putting me down. Just, I just Google this. Yeah. I, I'm not- a Teacher of the year. Yeah. And I was, I'm not even kidding when I say it's like I tried- to get tutors and stuff because I always felt so anxious just to talk to someone who had authority over me. I always was so concerned about what they were thinking about me all the time. So I always felt like I was always a burden to people if I asked a question. So I always didn't want to step on anyone's toes. If someone did make a comment or something like that, I would just be like, yeah, I accept it or whatever. I wouldn't like pick a fight. But when I got to college, um, I was just in such a good group of people who were very encouraging and stuff that I actually felt like... You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go on. Um, but I felt like because I had people to support me who actually like gave me confidence, I really started to break out of my shell. And it, I didn't have to like clench my hands just to ask a teacher a question or feel like they were going to put me down and stuff. Because that was like a long four years of just having to rely on other people because people are supposed to help me never could. Mm -hmm. Teachers, eh? Yeah. And I actually had like a very like cold um view of teachers for the long time like i feel like when i got to college and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like a lot of people i mean when you're in high school they say oh you're just a number when you go to post-secondary school like no one really cares schools have your money uh you're just a number but i feel like when i got to this program i felt much closer like this was my family and they treat me with more respect than like a high school i think teacher. it's different with like a massage therapy program because there's yeah, like way be. less people in a massage therapy program versus like say like a, a teaching program or something where there's like so many more students and stuff you know why this doesn't surprise me about high school teachers every fucking person that i went to university with that ended up doing education and became a high school teacher was the dumbest of the fucking crew <laughs> i'm not gonna lie sorry <laughs> but it's true and so i'm like you're gonna go teach my fucking kid when they get to high school like you're the dopiest person here and you don't have the ability to relate to anybody this is why mark wanted me to homeschool our kids <laughs> still do oh wow yeah like go to school to socialize be around other people your age like you know learn how to act uh, with people but you know learn the real shit at home <laughs> it's not right eh no i'm just watching your faces right now i'm getting two totally different perspectives <laughs> she's, wrong. she's wrong with an opinion because she's okay. thinking that uh, oh shit we got some teacher friends <laughs> no I'm not thinking anything anything that my face is doing tonight by the way don't take it as anything I've been tired for 16 days <laughs> so I'm just I 
I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, when before we even started, I'm not with it today, and I haven't been with it. I since just heard. I've, I've just heard too many of those stories from high school. Like I've told. Yeah. I've told you before. I don't know. I told you guys before. There was this dude that came in for massage therapy. He was. He. He was my age. Um, when I was teaching, so he, he started massage school really, really late, right? And uh, the only reason why he was in massage school is really because he had nothing else to do because when he was in high school, his guidance counselor pretty much said, you're not going to post-secondary education. You're not meant for it. Good luck to you in life. That was yeah. his fucking guidance counselor. And he took, he, took, he took that to heart. So he's like, I'm not even going to bother trying to go to college. I'm definitely not going to bother trying to go to university. And he bumped around doing odd jobs here and there, working in the you know, restaurant business to the point where you know, he was like the doorman at a strip bar. Yeah. And that's when he's like, this is, life sucks right now. I really have to do something different. He came to massage school. The guy fucking ended up with like a 97 average valedictorian. Do you know that's what I mean? Amazing. But all those wasted years because of his fucking guidance counselor says you're not going to amount to anything don't even bother trying yeah especially like that like high school year is very impressionable year very important year you can't have people like that around yeah. i just had this discussion with my client um this evening actually because she's a high school teacher oh boy. <laughs> and uh we were talking sorry lady no she's, i mean okay i'm not sorry maybe we she was the dumbest of her class what do i know i don't know <laughs> but we were talking about um exactly that how like you really have to be careful what you say to a high school student and so i was telling her about my guidance counselor in high school i had no idea what i wanted to do the short version of the story was my parents gave me zero option when i got to the end of high school it was you're going to university i wasn't even allowed to say the word college no you're going to university i suggest maybe I need to take a year off and figure out what I want to do. No, you're going to university. Like it was, that's it. It was, this is what you're doing. And so I went to- Wait a second. If you took a year off, would you have actually figured out what you wanted to do? How or would you I just, know? I was 18. You I probably would. Exactly. You would have bummed around. You would have gotten a job, made some money, blown all your money. And then it would have been a year later and you would have been in the same have spot. Have you been talking to my mother? Your mom's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so since I was being like forced to go to university, I decided to book an appointment with the guidance counselor at the school. And I had never been in the guidance office. Like I wasn't that type of person. So I went there and basically just said, like guide me like I had nothing I'm like I don't know what guide to do me, tell me <laughs> give me something you know and I was telling him these are the things I'm good at my mother really wanted me to be a lawyer that's she always said that I should be a lawyer because I was really good in debate um, anything that involved having to argue or back up something any type of papers I had to write that were arguing something like that's where she felt that my strong suit was but I had no interest ever so I go to the guidance counselor and I said you know I've been going over different ideas and I said to him talk to me about political science maybe I want to do political science like I was just literally pulling things out of out of the air and he almost like laughed at me he's like no no you don't and I didn't know any better, but I like took it seriously. I was like, okay, so no, I don't. Did he give you any reason? Or just like, no, I don't recall. I feel like it was just like, no, no, you're no, that's no, that's not for you. I'm like, oh, okay. What was his, What was his suggestion then? He didn't have one. That was it. It was like <laughs> very quick to tell me, no, don't do that. And the only reason I ended up going into kin um, was my cousin, who I'm uh, really close with. She had decided she was going to apply for kinesiology, and. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, cool, talk to me about this. So she told me what kinesiology was. I was super into fitness and working out at the time. And I'm like, yeah, that makes absolutely perfect sense. And so her and I both applied for kin. And funny enough, I ended up like in love with the program. And halfway through, she was like, yeah, I don't think I really like this. Mm. Oh, wow. It just left you hanging. <laughs> no, we stay. She stayed. We graduated oh, together. But I was like obsessed with it. Like, and I, I wouldn't have done anything else. And halfway through, she was like, yeah, maybe I should have done like psychology. <laughs> I was going to say about um, massage school, though, when you were saying how you felt like more supported and whatever, it could also be because your teachers were massage therapists. I think by nature, we're just nice people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely, I totally agree. Like, it's a very, very much instinctual feeling. Like, anytime you have, like, a client to come in, it's, like, your first main concern is, like, what can I do to help make this person feel better? Mm -hmm. And I definitely felt that even just in my day one orientation. And it was very much a, a shock to me because, like, for four years and just constantly tolerating that. And it was only for math. Like I was very much an academic student. Like I made the honor roll. I was a varsity athlete. All these other areas of my life were okay, except just this one thing. And I was just getting scrutinized for it all the time. So when I got 
denied and waitlisted from every program I applied for. I felt like I was the biggest idiot I knew. And I remember hearing that teacher's voice in my head from grade nine saying, you don't deserve to go to college. And that's why it hit me harder. So when I got to college and seeing that, you know, like a lot of my classmates looked up to me and some of them would say like, no, you would never fail anything, Mel. Like you got a good head on your shoulders. Like they never see how much effort like I had to put, like I don't get things right away. Like I always felt like I had to be one step ahead of my teachers and stuff like that. Cause I just, I was so used to being like that all the time. But like, I always had people like Rico or like my professors tell me like, you know what, everything's going to be okay. And like, that's all I honestly needed. There would be times that in class, sometimes they could see me on the verge of, you know, crying or going to have like an anxiety attack or something like that. And even just like sitting down with me, just like looking at me, say, you're okay, just breathe. And I honestly couldn't have asked for more than just a supportive group of people to be beside me for two years. So I really owe it to my school for really changing my outlook on education and teachers and everything like that. Good job, unnamed school. Is this bringing you back when you were a massage teacher? No. Really? (laughs) Because I feel like she was just describing you. I mean... Anyone who listens to the podcast, Mark makes a lot of ridiculous remarks. And I think most of you know he's kidding. I don't know. But as a teacher, you cared so much that it affected your personal life. He would go in early to help students. He would go in on weekends with um, there was a group of students that would go in on weekends to study and he would go in and help them out. He would be emailing after hours, like giving them stems to study. Like you did so much extra work when you were a teacher. Why are you still a teacher? Um, uh, I mean, cause like, you know, if you're, someone's put in that much work, that's awesome. You're like directly affecting people's lives. It's, that's awesome. That part I like, I, I don't, I, (laughs) I don't know. How do I say this? He doesn't this? like the rules. Yeah. That was how continuing education became uh, okay. became our our profession because he likes teaching. He likes helping people. He likes making sure that people are going to get it and actually use it and become really good therapists. But he didn't like being told how to teach or what to teach or it was... It's, it's the stupid stuff that's involved with being in an educational institution, right? Like, why in the world can't I wear fucking jeans if I want to wear jeans? Why can I not wear this Rolling Stones t-shirt? Like, none of this has any bearing on what I'm doing with the students and how I relate to the students and the outcomes that that are going to be here. And it was all that shit that I was like, this is is just dumb. Do you remember when someone said that you would roll into work looking like something the cat dragged in? Yeah. (laughs) Like, shit like that. Seriously? Like, I'm 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 a really easy target because if 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 you had to put me in the category of normal dude or misfit, I'm definitely on the misfit side. Um, I'm 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 a big fan of the underdog, um, you know, that type of thing. Do you know you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, and yeah, so makes sense. I agree. It, 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 me in that environment doesn't mix well, and that also makes me a super easy target, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, other instructors look at me they're like, who the fuck is this guy, right? Other men people are like, who the fuck is this guy? And it was just like too many years, eight years of who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, and I mean, then there was me, and I worked on the administrative side, right? And so I was the uber professional, you know, like I always looked like I was walking into an office, business casual, high heels, and I remember being in a meeting with a whole bunch of the admin staff in the school and this one woman praising Mark up and down telling people like oh my god have you ever heard you know the massage instructor Mark have you ever heard him teach and she's going on and on almost in shock and at this point like not a lot of people knew how close we were (laughs) and at some point I just said why are you guys so surprised because he wears jeans because he rides motorcycles, because he has earrings or, you know, like, why are you so surprised that he's good at his job? Crazy. I totally agree. And you guys talked about this before. I forgot the name of the person, but I believe you guys talked about like having tattoos and stuff as an Mindy. Orange. Mindy. Yeah. And I remember you guys talking about how like some people may look at a therapist's appearance, especially in like a health setting and be very off put by that. But I don't think you should necessarily judge a therapist necessarily by what they wear or like if they have piercings or whatnot. It's the their ability to be able to do their job properly. Yeah. And I agree with you, Mark, with the whole what you wear doesn't dictate um, like how you can teach, how you can treat as a therapist. Even I went to a Catholic school as well. So I don't know why they were sending people home just because my top button 
was undone or because I didn't have the right shoes to go with my kilt. I'm like, this has nothing to do with how I'm taking in the information. So I don't know why you are making this such a big deal. Yeah, I feel like most of uh, society is kind of superficial. It's just the way it is. I'm just waiting for all that shit to die off because, you know... It's, it's starting to. Well, exactly. When, all these, like it, when yeah. all these old timers die off and all you young <laughs> people that are, that are into the idea of tattoos and body work and it doesn't yeah. mean anything. It's no reflection on your abilities to do whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, like, our daughter has a doctor who's, like, full fucking tattoo sleeves and I think it's great. Yeah. yeah right? I, but I, I can feel see like how would... my mom would be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I'd be more comfortable <laughs> around uh, uh, someone that's more expressive of their own personality rather than, like, a cookie cutter type of yeah. person type thing. What do I know, though? But yeah, that's like, <laughs> I just can do formal education anymore. Was... Yeah, but I think it's good that you're doing this now because I we spoke about this on the recording we did earlier about how continuing education in a lot of ways is even more important because what we learn in school, it is enough for entry to practice. You know, you've got your baseline and that's why massage therapy is called a practice, right? You're expected to continue to improve your skills, improve your education, keep up with research like anybody that works in healthcare. So having people like Mark who are good at teaching and who know their shit to be teaching the continuing education, well, then you know you're going to get good quality stuff once you're out working. And that's when you really, really need it, right? You don't want to take these stupid nonsense courses. I think that's a huge positive of taking out the CEU numbers, like with the program that we have now and just focusing on taking quality courses, not I'm going to take this course because it's worth 10 CEUs. Take a course that's good and that's going to get you somewhere in your practice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. How do we get so serious? <laughs> oh, Mel and man. Rico are supposed to be here because they're funny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of my fault. I took us down a dark road, but let's just like make this all happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is, it is all happy. It, that was, it no. is all happy. Um, I have a good friend who just started a podcast. And one of the things she says always is you need the darkness. You know, everybody focuses on positivity and the power of positivity, but how many things happen in the darkness? And she focuses on the fact that you can't have creation or creativity without destruction. So you have to pay attention to the dark parts of your life too. For sure. I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) So many looks from Mark right now. (laughs) That was a little too deep I don't know. I think think my last client might have slipped me something. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so you guys are licensed now, but you're not working. Well, you're not licensed now. Sorry, no, you're just waiting. You've done the for exams. The you're waiting for the license. And I know off mic, Mel, you said you're already going on job interviews. Talk to me about the interview process. Uh, the interview pro- uh, process. Oh, oh, I want to hear. I want to hear that funny story that you oh, told gosh, me in the car. I'm scared to say this. I just had to put again, that in your I, mind. But go on. Go on. Like. I already like messed up the first time we came together, like the first week and everyone just spamming me being like, everyone knows about the podcast and who you are and stuff. So I'm like, I'm really scared to kind of say this, but you know what the power of editing, you know, you can always cut it out. Um, I had You one... trust me a lot, eh? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I just saw such a sense of community in this one clinic that it just made me feel like very, uh, very happy to see like, you know... Y- all these practitioners uh, trust each other and they're there for each other, even like on their bad days. How long ago was that interview? Uh, this was about maybe five days ago. Mm, have you have you heard a call back or anything yet? Yeah, I have. I um, actually was offered a position over there. Nice. Um, and then I was offered a position at uh, two other locations, but they are a little bit further away from my house and I don't have a car yet. So I really have to think like, do I have to invest the money in a car or mm. um, is this some place that I can work down the road once I have a little bit more money in my pocket and can get a car? Nice. What about you, Rico? Any interviews so far? Yeah, like a few interviews. Um, so I'm going to start working at uh, this place in my my uh, city and... Yeah, I'm going to start there. Um, probably just going to start working there and uh, keep my my pizza job for now until like I start to get a little bit busier in that yeah. place. And uh, yeah, so it's a massage therapy uh, clinic. And then I want to work uh, in like a multidisciplinary clinic as well, just to like be in a, like kind of work in different settings, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of experience the profession in different ways. So like have like my massage therapy clinic that I'm going to like work at like yeah. kind of full time and then like try different settings on the side off, um, on the side. I dig it. Go for it. Yeah. Do either of you ever have the goal or the plan to be completely self-employed? Do either of you think that one day you'll be 
owning your own clinic or do you feel like you want to just That's work for other people? That's the end game for me. I want to have like a brick and mortar type of clinic mm. and like build something and like reach multiple lives with like therapy and other professions around me as well, allied professions around me working with me um, and just like build this big thing and um, eventually like expand if I can or sell it if I can and continue to like try to reach lives. I feel like that's what I want to do and Look at this yeah, guy. I go from there. Nice. Yeah. All the while keeping the part-time job at the pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let that go as soon as I possibly can. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Mel? Or have you not thought that far yet? I have thought about it. Um, I think something that does intimidate intimidate me, though, about being self-employed is just that I do feel, and this would be like my only critique about the massage therapy program, I think the business (laughs) class is not very tailored to really trying to prepare students about the business perspective about massage therapy. Yeah, like I have a big book of questions for you guys here right now. (laughs) He literally brought a list of questions. I can't wait. Because like I have, I don't know, because like I've heard you say on the podcast before, like, you know, you're sitting in the business class at massage school and it's uh, not really going to be tested on the exams. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while the business class is going on, you're studying for stuff and Mm -hmm. nobody's really paying attention to it. And it's not really like tailored to like say the day to day business and then at the end of the day who's teaching your fucking business class in massage school a massage teacher who probably works there full time or part time and definitely doesn't have their own business like it's it's kind of a fucked up situation right yeah I'm always like I'll worry about this stuff when I get there and (laughs) it's good problems to have to worry about because now like you're I'm kind of there and now I can really start focusing on that stuff and but yeah, you don't really learn much in business class and in the massage therapy program. No, it's definitely not the focus. And there are therapists who come out of school and then go take like a college business course. There's continuing education business courses, not to Honestly, plug our own shit. Sometimes, yeah, for real. Like, like <laughs> I, I would go back into my notes and stuff that like, like they like my business notes and it's really all just stuff tailored to like your business plan project that you have to do yeah yeah and not really you know sometimes though that business plan project works out really well so when i was when i was working at uh one of the campuses i was at we had the business plan project and i was telling my students take this fucking seriously like i want you to actually make something that if you wanted to open a place tomorrow you will actually you will actually do and one of my students actually did she opened her clinic before she finished school wow and that was based on when we sat down we're like let's really look for a place let's really go check it out i mean i i I always throw myself in the mix but i never really do like i'm not there with them doing this that's just (laughs) the language of which i speak that way it feels like you know we're all in this together Mm -hmm. but yeah let's do this for real let's go call let's find a a commercial realtor let's go look at places let's take let's take a look at your budget let's create a plan and she did and she did she opened a clinic when she was still in school yeah that's amazing yeah kudos to her yeah i I mean like that's the intention that's what they want obviously but like Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these like big things looming at that time, right? So, yeah. you know, well, it's like, hard to focus on like that. You, just no, said, sure. you know, you can't focus on that. I remember when I did my business plan project, I really did take it seriously. I did the research properly. Like I wasn't just pulling numbers out of my ass. I was actually trying to do it very seriously. And I know that my instructor read it because afterwards he he actually came to me afterwards and he was like, this is really impressive. Like you could actually do this. And I got really excited in that moment but then as Mark said, I was like, well, I got like fucking three OPs coming up. So this has to be shoved aside. Yeah. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> that was my whole feeling about um, the whole business course is that I have too many things on my plate my, right now to focus on a class where I know I'm not going to be tested on it. And it's not to say that it is anyone's like fault necessarily, but I feel like when you're teaching business, and this is just my perspective as someone who, again, fresh out of high school, if you look at the average person who was born in the late 90s, do you think anyone my age knows anything about taxes, benefits, a pension, uh, how to spreadsheet or anything like that? And especially if you're dealing with a class from ages 18 to mid-30s, you may have some people who are business savvy or have a business background. And then you have people like me that I don't even know how to do my damn taxes. So like, yeah. it's like almost like the blind leading the blind in a sense. So I feel like if you're going to teach a business class, you know, you have to really read your demographic. Yeah. I don't want to get into this because this is like way off topic, but 
I've heard this conversation going around a lot too, about why isn't that shit taught in high school? Like why aren't real life skills taught in high school? And I understand that it's it's up to the parents to really teach their children that. But the reality of the situation is majority of parents, especially living in a city like Toronto where everything is so fucking expensive, they work full time. Some of them have full time jobs and part time jobs. And then you've got multiple children. You've got their activities. Parents don't necessarily have the time to teach all of these things. And no actual life skills are taught in the school system. There is no win on this the same way there is no win in massage school. Because yeah. if we spend a bunch of time teaching business that takes away from an area that, you know, that's technical, yeah. right? Yeah. And therefore, students would be like, this is not going to fucking help me. I need to, these technical skills. If you were to do that in high school, it's the same idea. Then it's like, well, this is going to take away from English class or this is going to take away from calculus. This is going to take away from whatever. Sure, but the do stuff, you remember what stuff, sine and cosine are? No, no I don't. Do you know how to do your taxes? You know what? I don't remember, but if I didn't do it, then I wouldn't have been in university. No, I understand so, that. I mean, but I'm saying, is, isn't is that slightly a problem with the education system that the stuff that we think is important to get it? So for example, for me to get into kinesiology, I had to take calculus. Exactly. I had to take chemistry. I had to do, do I ever fucking use organic chemistry or calculus now in my life? No, but it would have been nice to know how to properly do a budget, how to do my taxes. It, it would it would have been more helpful for real yeah, life yeah and it would like help society too and like because then you'd be a more well not you but like the people that really don't know anything would be more like contributing to society our and, economy like, might just be a little bit better if everybody didn't live in the fucking red because nobody yeah, knows sure. how to properly budget yeah that's basically N- what i'm saying it's, yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. a disaster is that why is that why people live in the red because they don't know how to budget i mean part it, of it and part, part of it, of it is it, yeah, because um I, no, I mean again i didn't want to get into this conversation but the short answer is there isn't a living like minimum wage isn't a living wage the the cost of living is definitely increasing far more than the minimum wages. People can't afford anything. I get the cost of living I, is crazy I, high. I totally get what you're saying, but in terms of putting this into some sort of educational institution, I can see why it's not. Because something has to be taken away. But it's too important to not be included. You don't think a class in like economics in high school should be important and mandatory? Maybe it is now. I don't know. I'm really old. I haven't been in high school in a long time. I don't know. I, neither have I. When I was in high school, economics was not mandatory. I took it, but it wasn't mandatory. Right. They have like a business course like BTT, which is like an elective. But then again, it's optional. And if a student doesn't have time in their timetable, then again, that's just something that's going to be wasted. Yeah. Hmm. Education. (laughs) (laughs) Homeschool. Well, like I said, we're very lucky that, you know, I can be home with the kids when I need to be and I can work with them and teach them things. But the reality is a lot of parents can't. And... So. Is this why the rich keep getting rich and the poor keep getting poor? Oh, that's a whole other discussion too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's actually focus on massage. Yeah. So you guys have gone on some interviews. And How did you guys find the places? Were you were you putting out resumes and stuff, or are these these uh, word of mouth? What's the deal here? I googled massage clinics near me and sent out some resumes. Um, and that's how I landed the interviews that I went on. Did you have any places that were like, mm, we're looking for females only? Uh, no. I had one place say that uh, just straight up, um, you know, because you're a male and you're brand new, you might be a little bit slower at the beginning. I'm just telling you that right now. Yeah. Um, but it will turn around because they do have a male therapist there. I don't know if it's one male therapist or two. I think it might be one. Um. But yeah, she was just saying like straight up, you you might be a little bit slower to begin with, but um, I promise you it'll turn around. I was like, okay, nice. I feel like that's kind of, I kind of expect that just because that's the way society is a little bit. Yeah. So, um, but that doesn't bother me. Like it is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to waste my time on people that might not want to get a treatment from me. And I wouldn't want to treat someone that doesn't want to mm, get a treatment yeah, from you're me not, to begin yeah. with. So not down, no matter what the reason anybody. is, right? Yeah. Like if you don't want to see me, then all the power to you. one of them i know i was a client at the clinic and they found out that i was a massage student and then they had uh proposed to me if i had considered putting in a resume and it was funny because i had only been there i think for probably like two months or whatever because i was getting chiropractic adjustments and i was also going for massage and then the receptionist had just noticed my sweater and she's like oh what semester are you in i said well i'm getting close to the end she's like why don't you just put a resume in it's like 
this may be a place that you could consider. And like, I didn't even have to do anything. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And then the other two were kind of through um, our school because during the business class, we did have some clinics that uh, did come in and were showing showcasing what their clinic offered. And were these were these um, privately owned places or were they chains? Uh, two of them were chains. Okay. Um, and they're like, hey, we'll give you a complimentary massage. And one of them was like, if you need to study for your OSCE, we'll let you use one of our rooms. So they're really trying to like butter. Yeah, I got up. that too. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. That's nice though. I actually had a couple um, people message me on Facebook asking if I wanted to like come in for an interview and it's like I have no idea who you are or how you know that I'm done school. <laughs> Facebook's creepy. Super creepy. <laughs> That's really cool though. I, I dig where you guys are going. I'm happy. I'm pretty excited. I'm smiling inside. <laughs> You're <laughs> smiling external, on the outside. <laughs> actually. Oh, wow. I really must be moved. It's been crazy since like last Tuesday when we got our results. It's just been like, go, 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 like do all the registration, then like complete the interviews and just like running around trying to get all the stuff done. I was like, I felt like December was just very quiet after the MCQ when we did it. And then now it's just like a complete 360. It's just like, oh my gosh, like it's actually happening. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> things move a lot faster after. I'm adulting. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's not as fun as Cloud9. <laughs> no, it's probably going to end for very soon. <laughs> what did you do to celebrate your pass? Um, well, my girlfriend made me a, uh, a nice steak dinner. Nice. And... Uh, uh, like some eggplant and stuff and then it kind of 360'd after that and then the eggplant just kind of sent us both to the toilet Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> worst celebration ever although it sounds a lot like our fifth anniversary we went to a steakhouse that everybody was raving like oh you got to go and eat here and whatever and so we're like okay fine so we go to the steakhouse food was good i wasn't like blown Better be away for a fucking 350 dollar bill yeah Whoa. yeah we were in yeah. niagara and yeah the bill was $350. Then we went to the casino, won that money, and then lost it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a fun night. But yeah, so we went to the steakhouse. We ate. Like I said, the food was good. I enjoyed dinner, but uh, we were both uh, taking turns in the hotel washroom that night, yeah. all night. That's, that's that's sexy right there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> happy Always anniversary. <laughs> yeah. I passed. Oh, here's the toilet. It just seems all too familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your, your, uh, Food poisoning story part yeah, I two. I remember that. I remember that. I even said to Mark after you guys left, I'm like, good for her for being able to say that she farted in an OP on air. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do to celebrate? Uh, what the like the MCQ? Yeah, like passing everything. What did you do? Passing everything. Um, well, I didn't really celebrate the day of the day I got the results that I got the MCQ. I was actually at Good Life Fitness and I just finished a workout. And when I got the email saying that I had passed, I literally just started crying in public, <laughs> just like happy tears. And one of the trainers thought that someone died. They're like, "Oh my gosh, are you okay? Do we do we need to like call someone?" I was like, "I just got my results. I'm gonna be in routine." <laughs> I was just about to ask if you were ugly crying. Like, do you have an yeah, ugly cry like, face? Yes. You know, like the meme with Kim Kardashian crying over her earring in the ocean? Yep. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> she does have an ugly cry she face. She has an ugly cry face. I have such an ugly cry face. Like, it's there's nothing cute about it. You know some girls can look cute when they cry? Yeah. Not this girl. No, not cute. You and me yeah. both, sister. Because a lot of times, you know, when someone's crying, if if you just turn the volume down, it can you can't tell if it's a laugh or a cry. <laughs> but the ugly cry face, you definitely know it's a fucking oh, cry. That's I not a laugh. I have such an ugly cry face. <laughs> I definitely didn't cry. I like felt kind of numb afterwards. Like when I found out I passed, it was just like overwhelming feeling of like relief. And then I just like felt kind of numb. I'm just like, thank God. <laughs> when you say numb, do you like, do you mean like you kind of didn't know what to do with yourself? Yeah, I think so. That's exactly how I felt. It was like I opened up the email. Overwhelming I see, feeling of I see this. Everything. Congratulations. See, this is how old I am. It's not even open up the email for me. It's I went to my mailbox. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That I, that I would check every morning. Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? For me, it was like on on like Gmail, refresh, refresh. <laughs> yeah, refresh. I remember getting that email and I was at work and I was sitting in my office. So I was by myself and I open it up and I see congratulations and I'm all excited and I'm giddy. <laughs> and then you're like, I quit. And then all of a sudden I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Like, do I call someone? Do I go to, do I just continue working? Like, I, I, I would have, I would have left for the day. I would have been like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I stayed at that job for another, probably four 
four months after getting four or five months after getting the results because I actually was starting to really like my job where I was. This is when I was working at the school and I was enjoying working there. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to see where this goes. And the point that I was done with the job, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go be a massage therapist now. Mm. Yeah, I didn't celebrate till probably like a few days after because like one, it quickly spread around my family, like in the span of an hour. Because once I like told my parents and like they were freaking out on the phone, it's just it spread like wildfire in my family. But then again, like European household can't keep a secret. So everyone started like spamming me saying congratulations. And then two days later, we went to a restaurant. I got tipsy on one drink, which is normal, and then just went to bed. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I was at work when I found out I passed the MCQ and like I wasn't really like thinking the rest of that day. I was like I was by myself at work at that time. So I was like falling behind at work and like <laughs> just thinking about other things. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that now. I'm going to like have all these plans. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. I feel right like we celebrated more when like we were actually done school. Like when you graduated school. Yeah. Um, once we were like done like our last day of class, um, our classmates got together. I don't know if you guys have this here in Toronto uh, called Game Time. It's basically like a Chuck E. Cheese for adults. It's like a giant, almost like a Shoeless Joe's kind of concept where it's mm. like comfort food, but also you have like a giant arcade. There's like axe throwing, virtual reality games, a bar it's and stuff. Fun. And one of our classmates was a waitress over there. So we booked um, part of the arcade for us to have like a party and we invited our profs, but they all chickened out, which I'm kind of disappointed. And I know they're probably listening. <laughs> um, so if you're listening, I could see you all huddled around someone's iPhone in the office, but um, you flaked. I'm kind of disappointed. I kind of wanted to see you all get crazy and drunk and see like where Axering would take us. Um, but yeah, alas, I digress. <laughs> hmm. Have you, well, you worked there. What? I was going to say, have you seen your, your instructors drunk before? Well, that's not I fair. Know. Exactly. <laughs> my instructors were also my coworkers. So <laughs> actually, fun story. Um, Somebody who ended up being one of my massage therapy instructors, we met under different circumstances before <laughs> he was my instructor. We met in a very embarrassing situation. I embarrassing. was, yeah, that I was the you. most, probably one of the most drunk I've ever been in my entire life. And it was, um, I was at a wedding and I called Mark from the wedding. And I said, can you come pick me up? Like I was just done being there. So I was a wedding with my family. So I remember telling my mom, Mark's coming to pick me up. I'm going to go. And because he's, you know, he's got other massage therapy friends, we went and met up with one of his buddies. And I, let's just say I was still in the dress from the wedding and I fell and his buddy was behind me and my dress came up over like all the way up over my hips. So basically, I was just bent over in front of him in a thong. And that was nice to meet you. And then he was my instructor six months later. <laughs> yeah. So and then, oh, and then he told that story to our class, just not saying it was me. He was oh, like, really? oh, like <laughs> he just, yeah, I started telling the class. Were story. you present when he was telling that story? I was, I was sitting right there and like just glaring <laughs> at him like, are you fucking kidding me? I, why would you do that? that? That sounds very inappropriate. It was, it, it, it was funny. It was not like okay. in an inappropriate way. He was telling a story and he said, yeah, you know, one of my buddies, first time I ever met his girlfriend, she tripped and fell and like her dress went up and I <laughs> I saw her whole ass right in front of me and I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to tell the story <laughs> with me sitting right here. Yeah, it was funny. And then he asked you to be the, the demo for the glute draping. <laughs> so well, all, might as well. <laughs> it all works out the same. <laughs> oh boy. Massage. School. Was it such a big deal for your family when you passed everything? No. Like for me, my parents don't. No, don't I'm not even, I don't even know if I called my parents actually, to be honest with you. When I first told them I was going to massage school, they weren't thrilled. Mm. So I don't think it was that exciting for them. It was, like I said, they forced me to go to university. And then so when I, after going to university, coming out of school and working for like less than a year and saying I was going back to school and going for massage therapy, they were like, why? Like, what are you doing? I mean, they're happy now, but yeah. at the time they didn't understand it. Do you guys see yourselves hanging out with any of your instructors now that you're colleagues? Uh, yeah, I'm. I feel like I really like all of them. For yeah. Sure. Like, have you guys kept in touch to that point where it's like, yeah, we can, we can uh, hang I messaged out a couple of them saying like, Hey, I passed, yeah. uh, like, thank you. And stuff like that. Um, and yeah. So like I see posting sometimes of like needing people mm -hmm. like, um, a TA or whatever, but I think you need like two years experience or something, but that would definitely be cool to like be around there again and yeah, like yeah. continue to like be in touch and like learn still and stuff. And, yeah, just uh, 
keep plugging away at the knowledge and stuff, that'd be cool. Nice. And if your instructor said you're like, I want to hang out with you, you're like, no. I had to think about that for a second. The more so, would they want to hang out with me? Like, listen, you have to tolerate a lot for two years. Do you really <laughs> want to tolerate me like outside of school? <laughs> imagine like if I was a TA, if my classmates are listening, could you imagine like how annoying I could be to like some of like the teachers with my memes and like me again goofing around with the skeletons like I'm your co-worker now do you know what you signed up for <laughs> <laughs> but I would definitely love to do I love the teaching aspect of it if I can like think about anything I want to do maybe down the road it would maybe be like teaching or again like Rico said do doing TA work or something like that, just so I can continue to prom- promote massage therapy and help like the next generation of RMTs. And that shit keeps you fucking sharp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard to go down the fucking dumb hole when you're, when you're constantly in it. It's yeah. true. Two years into practicing, I went back to the school and I became the clinic supervisor there and just being around the students and, you know, doing it, it was almost like going to school again, you know, working there and getting all the questions and things that, it doesn't let you forget anything. Like you Mark have said, no you choice. Just, you have no choice. It, it you keeps have to you be on top really, of really on top of your game. I actually really enjoyed doing clinic supervision because I felt like it kept me really sharp and mm-hmm. I, I knew what was going on. Yeah, like we graduated like what, like six months ago or something. Mm-hmm. We're just like, you know, starting up again now. And it's like been like six months since I've really given a massage and like really, really like looked over stuff like since after the exams and stuff. Right. But I feel like I've, I feel more ready to be an RMT like since after school than than now because it's been so long yeah, since yeah, I've like yeah. done that kind of stuff and and now that I'm all done I, I find myself like looking back at like my notes and like rereading like some stuff and like looking at my textbooks books again because like, it's like how the oh, fuck I'm, did I even yeah, know that in the first place yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start now for real it's like you know what I mean and it's been so long like it sucks that the exams have to be um you know, you have to wait so long to yeah. to get your license and stuff instead of just starting. Yeah, and it's it's tough to stay sharp, especially yeah. you know when you start working and you're you're working in a certain type of environment or you have a certain niche that you got going on. Then anything that you don't use on the regular just starts to slip away. Yeah, you know, and then you're like, what the fuck? What happened there? In the first clinic I ever worked at, I had an accordion folder that came with me to the clinic and like lived in my drawer in my treatment room that had a section for assessments, a section for um, remedial exercise like I just had all of these notes there that had like labeled tabs for a quick like if I couldn't remember something I actually don't think I think in five years I maybe referenced it twice wow. but it was just there and it was giving me comfort knowing that if I forget something it's there <laughs> it's like my cue cards <laughs> right I understand you I was a little bit I was a little <laughs> bit neurotic like you <laughs> yay <laughs> I feel like they're both looking at us like you weirdos. <laughs> no, I understand. No, like I, I feel that way too. It's like, oh wait, like do I know this? It's like I know I do, but like you know, you gotta work to. It should just be recalled like that, right? Which comes over time, but yeah, I just feel I felt way more ready at the end of school than I do now. <laughs> you know what? Though <laughs> it also come gotten to a point, and I think it's a confidence thing, and because I've been treating so long that yeah, I know my shit. But I'm also okay with saying to a client if we're doing something, and I say oh, I don't remember. Let me get back to you. Or let me just check on that. Because yeah, there's even still to this day, there's going to be things that I maybe second guess myself or I question. And I'm a lot more confident to say, I'm not 100% sure. Mm. I will figure Mm -hmm. it out. But yeah, I don't know. And at least you're honest about it instead of like, just like lying about it or like the possibility of hurting somebody too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I dig this, man. Anything Mm -hmm. else that we want to talk to Mel and Rico? I'm just happy for you guys. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. It feels like so long ago that you guys were here, but it really wasn't. No, it was September. (sighs) It feels like ages ago. It feels like a really long time ago. (laughs) I also don't have as much on my mind anymore. So it's like- A lot more relaxed now. Yeah, you don't need to crack open the beers just to get me relaxed anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Although that was fun. It is an evening recording. We should have had drinks tonight. Sorry, guys. I'm slipping. No worries. (laughs) Have to drive back. Had a coffee. Took me like took us like three hours to get here. I've, I've been on the road since three three thirty. Oh yeah. We just like messaged Mark, you know, just in case because we were just like completely blown off by how much traffic there was. So we're like, you know, just in case because we don't know like how far this is going to stretch. We may be late. I don't know. We just want to keep you updated. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. from. Where we live compared to Toronto, it's like a completely different world. I 100% expected you guys to be late tonight. I was shocked when you walked in like four minutes late. Yeah. Yeah. I left early enough because I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and you were with a client as well. So we're like, you know, we'll just like let her just 
clean up, relax. Like we didn't want to rush you or anything. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so laid back here. I honestly, I love, I love this like little practice I have here. All of my clients yeah, know me awesome. so well. They're, you know, he knew that I had people coming in to record a podcast. Like they're, they're so easygoing. It's cool. I love it. You guys are going to love it. You're going to love working. Mm -hmm. First course you want to take. What do you think? Um, or something different that, or something new that you want to learn that school didn't give to you or, you know, whatever. You won't be offended wanna... if it's not one of ours. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I'm, I really want to get into like more movement and stretching and yeah. like taping and I don't know, something like that. Right on. Yeah. Cool. I definitely have been looking at a lot of stuff to try to save my hands. Like I've looked at um, cupping and uh, hot stone massage. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something I do want to try. Um, and then I guess really just the possibilities are limitless at that point. I, I think I'll have to like look into some like continuing education business stuff and yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that to learn. For sure. Especially if you you know you want to go on your own at some yeah. point. Yeah. Start cracking out the list of questions now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to on the podcast. Well, maybe then <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll wrap it up and we'll have a little... A little coaching session off mic. Sure, I'm game for that. Thank you guys for driving all the way back to <laughs> Toronto again. It was nice to catch up with you, even though, like I said, it feels like forever ago and it was only a few months ago. <laughs> we'll have to do like a part three when they're actually working. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, we're going to follow you guys as long as we do this podcast. Aww. We're following you through your career. You, so you don't know that yet, but that's what's happening. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This is so much fun. I, Free marketing. Yeah. And I, I genuinely enjoy like your podcast a lot. And I feel like, the content that you put out is very honest and I'm just uh, giving you guys um, like just passing on the message from everyone at my school because first when uh, we did the unprofessional hour with you guys, a lot of our classmates from what they had told me is that they ne never listened to the podcast and they also learned so much stuff that we don't really hear a lot about in school or even like topics that are a little bit touchy. So it's nice to have you guys. Uh, be very genuine on the podcast. So you guys got a lot of new listeners from our school. Nice. Uh, just kind of well, open. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we opened a can of worms. And um, yeah, a lot of even like the OSCE and MCQ stuff from what you guys can say was even helpful as well. Yeah, it's a good insight to yeah, we're doing there. We're doing some good in the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's all that matters. If anybody gets anything from the podcast, that's all that matters. It's uh, We have a lot of fun doing it and I'm glad that people actually see some value in it. Like we act like complete idiots but it's nice that in between us acting like idiots we're imparting some knowledge yeah, there's, a little, <laughs> there's a little bit of something in there yeah anyway should we wrap it up sir because yeah, i'm getting yeah, tired yeah. i can't form words anymore all right well we won't force you to do that right on. thanks for coming in guys this is awesome no problem you guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone peace